Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon, and we hope it blesses and encourages you. Thanks, Tammy. Hey, guys, I'm excited uh, as we start out this series on running on fumes because the last year, as we all know, has been really, really challenging. Uh, I think we've faced more adversity. I know I have more adversity and challenge than probably any other year that I have experienced. And uh, the reality is, is that... um, all of us at times will become weary. All of us at, at times can get run down by the circumstances of life. And the good news is, is that God has refreshing for us. And I want to look this morning, we're going to look uh, here, I, I'm opening the first week of this series and we're going for five weeks. And uh, I'm going to look at a passage of scripture in the Old Testament Uh, a man by the name of Saul, and we're going to look at some of the reasons why he ended up being really, really weary and see if we can see any of those things in our lives that we can recognize them and we can turn away from them and we can turn to the one who has grace and strength and refreshing for us. This is real in my life on multiple levels because uh, about a month ago, uh, April came to me after the ice storm and she said, Dave, uh, the propane tank is literally almost on E. She said, you need to call Sharp Propane and get it refilled. And of course, I let it kind of go in one ear and out the other. And I said, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And sure enough, probably about a week after that, she was at our stove, she turned it on to cook breakfast that morning and no light came on. And she immediately turned to me and she was like, you didn't get the propane tank filled, did you? And I said, no, I didn't, I'm so sorry. And I immediately called Sharp Propane and uh, they said, we can't get to you till Tuesday. So we had cold showers for four days and we didn't cook a whole lot there. So guys, all of us can get to a place where we just run out of gas and we're, we're empty. And I wanna just point out at the beginning of this 
series that there's typically five reasons why we run out of gas in the natural. And there's some spiritual applications to this. So number one, we're just too busy to stop and refuel. If you've ever been in a hurry to get somewhere and that gas, and, and you just like, I don't want to have to stop and deal with this. I'm in a hurry. Life's in a hurry. I got to get there. I'm running late. So we're too busy to pause and refuel. We are unaware of hidden leaks that are draining our tanks. Come on, we can have hidden leaks. That's what happens all the time. They will, our propane person will tell us, hey, we're gonna check for hidden leaks because you don't want all this gas leaking out uh, that's emptying your tank. We're being distracted and not watching the gauges or believing them. That happened to me once with oil in my car and the engine light came on and for some reason I thought the engine light was trying to um, deceive me. I'm like, oh, it must be a malfunction, right? No, it's, it's like check engine oil. And I'm like, no, I don't really need to check engine oil. So we're distracted, not watching the gauges. We ignore the owner's manual and the warning lights and push our cars and lives further than we were created to go. And then last, we can be overloaded in life because the more weight that we're carrying, many times the gas gauge just goes like this. Because there are burdens that God has not called us to carry. And we have two big ideas that are gonna run through this whole series, and here's what they are. Number one, what burdens are you presently carrying that are draining your spiritual vitality and that God is calling you to recognize and repent of? There are burdens that we can all carry that just weigh us down. And then second, how can you fill your tanks and find refreshing by accessing God's grace in a fresh way? So those are the two questions that are going to run through this whole series. Hey, what burdens or leaks are presently in your life that you need to recognize? And then how can you, how can we access God's resources, which are unending, how can we access those in a fresh way for our lives? If you have your Bibles or on your phone, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 13. We're going to start here in verse 5 as we look at a man named Saul. Where we pick the story up, Saul is the first king of Israel. The nation of Israel had begun to ask for a king. They said, uh, we want to be like other nations, so, so we want to have a person who's ruling over us. And God said, hey, I've been your king. I've been the one leading you. And they said, hey, that's great, but we want to be like other nations. We want to have a king. We want to have somebody that we can identify and look to. So God 
raises up a man named Saul and brings him in to be the first king of Israel. Now, his reign and leadership did not last very long because ultimately God replaces him with a man named David. And David had a radically different perspective and experience than Saul did. So we're going to look at Saul, his life, and there's four things that I want you to, to, to see that drained his tank and that became burdens for him that ended up wearing him out and see if we can see any of these in our lives. Starting in verse 5 of 1 Samuel 13. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel. Philistines were kind of the perpetual enemies of God's people. With 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers and soldiers as numerous as the sand of the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth Aven. When the Israelites saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. So this this is a very difficult and challenging situation, a very stressful situation that Saul and the Israelites find themselves in. So some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. But Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days the time set by Samuel, Samuel was the prophet, Samuel was the spiritual leader, Samuel was the pastor, so to speak, here in this story. So Saul waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings and Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering, and that you did not come at the set time, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You have done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. Now, guys, this seems almost a little bit unfair. Like, here's Saul, right? He's kind of in this pressure cooker. He's in this pressure situation. Samuel was the one who was anointed and called to offer up the sacrifice. It wasn't the king's job to do that. 
It was the prophet's job to do that. Samuel had said, hey, I'm going to come back at a certain time in certain amount of days. I'm going to offer the sacrifice. But Saul, all of a sudden, what happened is the pressure cooker got even more intense because people began to panic. People began to panic and scatter. And Saul felt like he had to do something. He had to take the situation into his own hands. And there's an underlying principle that really was the bigger thing that God was dealing with in Saul. Because if you know Saul's whole story, Saul, from the beginning of the time that he was called to be king, all the way through this moment, through 1 Samuel 15, when he does the same thing, Saul never came to a place where he trusted in God. He never came to that place. So there's things that we can pull out of this particular story. So here's the first thing, is that Saul was fiercely independent. This cut him off from God's grace. Saul was doing things that God never asked him to do. Come on. Anybody ever been there where it's like, hey, I, I'm going to go do all these different things, right? And, and outside of the will of God, maybe thinking, helping people and doing things and all these different things, but it ends up wearing us out. So Saul is here in this place. Saul's independent. Now listen, there's an aspect of independence that is really good, right? Like being an independent thinker, all that. There's an aspect of that that's really good and really healthy, but there's an aspect of it that's not healthy. When we, all of a sudden, think, I have all the perspective, all the wisdom, all the, uh, um, I can do this on my own. I can do this on my own. C.S. Lewis, a great author, tells his story. C.S. Lewis was extremely proud. C.S. Lewis was brilliant. C.S. Lewis was in the upper echelon of, of intellectualism in Britain. And C.S. Lewis tells his story of how he came to the end of himself. He came to the end of his resources. And he said, I had vast resources. I was brilliant. I had um, social status. I was accomplished. I had all these things. And he said, and, and he actually wrote an article where he talked about God being the hound of heaven who kept coming after him. And he said, I kept having these encounter with God and God was calling me to, to humble myself and to yield to him. And he said, when I finally did, you have to understand, 
I was the least likely and least caring convert in all of England. You have to understand, C.S. Lewis said, that this was the last thing I wanted to do. He said, you have to see me there in Maudlin. You have to see me that the mercy and grace and humility of a God who would receive me kicking and screaming with eyes going to and fro coming to him. Independence, guys, is, is something, uh, we live in the United States and we live in Texas and we, we think we have all the resources that we need. And Saul shows us that it can wear us out and keep us from the grace of God. Second, not only was Saul fiercely independent, but Saul really did rely on his own resources. If you go on and read in 1 Samuel 13, verses 14 and 15, you're going to see something really, really interesting in that passage of Scripture. I'll read it to you. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So he gets this kind of news. And then Samuel left Gilgal and went up to Gibeah and Benjamin and Saul counted the men who were with him. They numbered about 600. You can read between the lines in this story where Saul's confidence ultimately was rooted. His confidence was not rooted in God. His confidence was rooted in all the natural things around. How does that play out for you and I? Well, we can take confidence in our bank accounts. And we can watch them. Okay, I'm good, I'm good. As long as I'm here, I'm good. As long as I'm here, I'm good. We can take confidence in our physical ability. We can take confidence in our jobs. We can take confidence in the government. We can take confidence in the right political party. We can take confidence, all these things. This is what Saul was doing. And it, and it wore him out. Because he was relying on his own resources. Third, Saul, not only was he fiercely independent, did he rely on his own resources, but he tried to control his environment. That's what, that was what was happening in that scenario. It's like, hey, people are beginning to leave the party. I got to do something. And if we stay in a place, guys, I'm just, this is pastoral confession kind of time because it can also play out in all of our lives. Ultimately, where is our trust rooted? Because as a pastor, and I've shared this in our small group, and Jen Killian would know this, I shared this that when I pastored for the first time in Indianapolis, 
if somebody left the church or if an offering didn't come in or whatever, I was like, the sky's falling. And I was always looking at the circumstances because I was ultimately trusting in that, not trusting in God. And it wears you out. You're wore out because you think, I got to put out all these fires. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to be the one who makes it happen. That's what Saul did here. I got to make it happen. And it'll wear you out. But the last one is the biggest one that always marked Saul's life. Saul was drained by always trying to please people. People pleasing. Our pastor in Indianapolis said one time that when Jesus said you can only have one master, you either love him and hate the one or you will love money and hate him and all this and I'll never forget him saying that all of us get the choice we can choose one master or we will have thousands who are you all people pleasing wear you out look at look at what it says Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? Asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at men, I thought now the Philistines will come down against me and I have not sought the, the Lord's favor. I'm living in insecurity. I'm living in fear. I'm living not in a trust, a deep trust and reliance on God and his character and his word. So I felt compelled. I gotta do something. I gotta go run around and be crazy and, and take care of every situation and it's wearing me out right I have I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering you've done a foolish thing guys a couple chapters later let me just read this to you and then we'll wrap up but let, let me read this to you watch the pattern starting in verse 7 of two chapters later of 1 Samuel 15, then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, near the eastern border of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and all his people. He destroyed with the sword, but Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves, the lambs, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy, but everything that was despised and weak, they did get rid of. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I've made Saul king because he's turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all that night. So early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. God told Saul, hey, Saul, this is what I want you to do. Okay, I want you to execute justice on a very unjust situation. 
It would be kind of similar to us today if, if something came up where all of a sudden there were things going on in Nigeria, wherever, where thousands of people were being slaughtered, and God just said, hey, okay, I'm going to stop this. And at times, God does step in with his justice, and he said, Saul, I'm going to use you as an instrument of my justice, and he sends him on this mission. That's where we pick up the story. Samuel got up to meet Saul, and he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and turned and gone on down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. Saul says, hey, Samuel, the Lord bless you. I've carried out the Lord's instructions. Samuel said, what then is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears? What is the lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, oh, the soldiers brought them back from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and the cattle to sacrifice to the Lord. But we totally took care of the rest. Enough, Samuel said to Saul. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. He sent you on a mission saying, go and deal with the wicked Amalekites, wage war against them. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord. But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, and ordered. They, he's justifying. No, I didn't do what God called me to do. And now I'm going to spin it, and I'm going to justify it. Come on, anybody been there? Yeah, a million times. I did go on the mission. I completely destroyed the Amalekites. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as simply obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams, for rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Then Samuel said to Saul, okay, the penny dropped. Finally, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions, and here it is. I was afraid of the people. And so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that we can save face. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You rejected the word of the Lord. The Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. As Samuel turned to leave, saw caught hold of the hem of his robe and it tore Samuel said to them the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors Saul replied I've sinned it's still here watch but please honor me before the elders of my people please help me keep up my public persona please help me keep up my Facebook page guys 
Saul was independent. Saul had to control his environment. Saul relied on his own resources, but the biggest one, he was drained by trying to please people. How does that play out? How does that play out? Maybe you're a teenager here and trying to please everybody around you, your peers, your classmates, everybody on Instagram, all this, it'll wear you out. Maybe you're a mom and you think, I have to do all this and this and this and I have to do, and I have to please it. And God's saying, you have to please one person. Maybe you're a child, an older adult child, and you feel like you have to please your parents all the time, and you're needing their approval. And it just wears you out because you can never completely do it. I've seen so many people in life who they're 35 years old. I'll never forget a counseling appointment. I said, I said to this individual, you know, man, why do you have so much? He says, because I'm still trying to please my dad. And it's wearing me out. Maybe you feel like you have to take responsibility had a friend of mine who was a professional football player and he came to me one time and he said, Dave, it's wearing me out. I've got this contract and I sign now. And, but now all my extended family are expecting me to take care of them. And all these needs around me that people come and with this and that. And I said, Jeff, you're not Jesus. You're not their savior. You're not their Messiah. You cannot take that weight upon yourself to think you have to, to, to meet the needs of, of your wife's extended family and take care of this and her brother and this and that. It'll wear you out. Do you recognize any of these traits in your life? If so, what can we do about it? Number one, three scriptures that we're going to be pressing into in this whole series. Lay down your independence. Look at what it says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. It's, guys, I'm telling you, there came a point in time, I remember my first year in the NBA, where I would literally look at my bank account five times a day. Oh my gosh, it, the stock market went down. I lost $28. And I'd look at it, but it, it was consuming me. And I came to a place, I'll never forget. I came to a place and I just said, God, I want to be a good steward and I want to be wise and all this, 
but I give it to you. You're smarter than me. You're everywhere. <laughs> You're in, I can't, I remember my kids. And I've said this before. We took Brett home from the hospital. And I remember it was like, where's the manual? And we put him in a drawer in our room, right? And put a little blanket in there. And I wanted him right next to the bed so I could hear him breathe. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, what if something bad happens to him? And I have to be with him 24-7 at every park. And every, what if he goes down the slide and gets hurt? Or what if this happens? And it was wearing me out. And I had to come to a place where I said, God, I give you my kids. I'm going to be diligent, and I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to do it. But I can't take this weight on of being, I can't be hiding in their locker in middle school. <laughs> Is that your dad? <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. Like, who's the dude up in the vent? <laughs> I'm keeping watch. I'm keeping watch. Come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened. Man, it's a decision that we make to just release and to trust. Drop the baggage. Drop the baggage. Come on, I had to drop all kinds of baggage. Guilt, shame, condemnation, people-pleasing, expectations of people. Man, it was like I was... Those things you see on Facebook where they show the car and the, they're, they're moving and it's got like 22,000 pounds of stuff on this Corolla. And it's like, that's what I felt like at times. Look at what Hebrews 12, 1 through 2 says. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us what? Lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us or entangles us. What's it tell us to do? lay it aside we have to sometimes just say okay i'm laying this aside i'm taking it i'm laying it aside and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of god Drop the baggage. Drop your past, past mistakes, heaviness, shame, guilt, condemnation, fear. It'll wear you out. It'll wear you out. And then last, seal the leaks and fill the tank. Seal the leaks. What's causing leaks to happen in your spiritual life? Is it stress? Is it taking on too much? Look at what scripture says. Repent then. Repentance is a good thing. <laughs> it's 
not this heavy thing. It's this good thing. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And what? Times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. So here's our question that we're going to be working through this whole series. What baggage, what burdens is God calling you to lay down? And then, how can you freshly access? Look, this is a daily thing. It's a daily thing. Because, guys, I'm telling you, life at times can overwhelm us. Flat tire, refrigerator breaks, tax bill due, didn't pay my pertinalis, they're <laughs> telling me they're going to turn it off, windshield broken on the jet, and you just feel this weight. Wow, who was that? You feel this weight? It can overwhelm you. And every day it's just, let me take this off. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Let's pray. God, thanks so much for this service today. Thanks that you're bringing us into a season. God, where you're wanting to lighten loads, lighten burdens. Thank you that we can come to you when we're weary and heavy laden. We can find rest for our souls. We can find refreshing. God, I pray you pour out your spirit in this series in a powerful way. God, just bring freedom and bring fresh grace and bring refreshing. God, anything that we're holding on to, God, that's draining us and people's expectations and false responsibilities and all these things. God, let, them, let us put it at the foot of your cross, even this morning, in your name. And God, I pray you pour out grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, 
we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.